This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello Rebels and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast episode 41. Today I'm talking to Steve Brown all about what you're doing wrong with your author website and how you can fix it. But first, to last week's question, which was what language would you most like your book translated into? And typical me, I forgot to post the question. So there are no answers to this week's question. I'll do better this week, I promise. So to this week's question, which is, what three words would you use to describe your author branding? I thought this, so although we do talk about websites, a lot of the discussion uh, also circles around branding. And so I thought this would be a great uh, question to help kick your thoughts into um, whatever that phrase is, so that you can start thinking about branding. The book recommendation this week is Goal Setting for Writers, a step-by-step roadmap to success by Holly Line. I was given uh, the great pleasure of being able to read an advanced reader copy. So the book is on pre-order now and it releases on the 31st of July, I believe, so not very long to wait. And it's a fantastic book if you are stuck, if you um, have not got a system for setting your goals yet. So make sure you go and grab a copy and I will put links in the show notes to that. It's in my personal update this week. (laughs) I've had a kind of crazy week where the beginning of the week was full of work and really busy and then Wednesday derailed everything because we were having the carpets fitted at last which meant uh, I came to my audio booth and it meant I could finally unpack my office but I perhaps over optimistically thought that as the uh, chaps finished rooms I would then be able to put furniture into said rooms and start unpacking thereby spending half the day at least unpacking rooms and getting our lives sorted it didn't really work like that most of the day we were we just had to get out of the way because they were up and down in and out and it was just a bit chaotic so i tried to do some work in the morning and then it just it, i just couldn't concentrate there was too much banging and noise and stuff going on So uh, then Thursday, I spent the whole day unpacking my office and um, hoovering and putting beds up and all kinds of stuff. So I spent, yeah, I mean, two full days not working, which meant by the time I came to today and Friday, I'm really fucking behind. Uh, But nonetheless, I um, spent the early part of this week doing something that has plagued me for two years. And I'm not kidding when I say two years. The last time I published fiction in my uh, young adult series was two years ago. I have been writing other books and working on different like works in progress. So I have lots of words in other books that are also not complete. Um, But the book I should have been working on this whole time was Trey, which is the third one in my young adult series. And the reason I couldn't work on it was because I there were plot problems I couldn't stitch so I had 75,000 words but I couldn't stitch 
the first 60, say, to the last 15, there was something wrong. I didn't, I couldn't work it out. I did plan the book in advance and it went off the rails, essentially. And I have had two prior stints of working on this book, trying to figure out how to fix it. And the fucking thing just defeated me twice. Anyway, my, I, I had a day, Tuesday I think it was, where there was nobody in the house and lo and behold, after all, all morning of sort of banging my head against the proverbial wall, I finally, finally worked out the problem, which involved removing an entire subplot and shunting it into book four, which also meant losing over 10,000 words from the manuscript, which hurt like a bitch. But you know, they say you have to kill your darlings and I had to kill some darlings. So darlings were murdered and the book is now, I think 66K, something like that, uh, as I've been writing this week. Um, and yeah, but now I know how to finish it and I've been working on it and uh, consistently working on it. I still, it's really weird. Like because there was such a massive blockage over this book. I feel like my grasp on it's still very fragile and I there's still a part of me that's afraid of not being able to finish the book and that, you know, perpetual fear that I get that I'm never going to write another book. But um no, every time I come and sit down to work on this book now, I words are coming or or I'm editing or I'm stitching and pulling scenes together and I can't tell you the relief that I feel. So yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, if you have been stuck on something for a very long time, you you will get to the end. You will, I promise you. Um, just keep coming back to it. Keep taking breaks, keep coming back to it, and eventually, you're gonna win. Okay. Um, oh yes, actually there is one more update. So, originally I was... <laughs> I was going to have my audio booth in my office. Now, it's not enormous. It's three foot by three foot. So it's a, essentially a three foot square, about six feet tall, something like that. So it's kind of like a short, dumpy phone box, I suppose. So it would fit in my office and that's absolutely fine. But as we were building my bookcase and putting stuff in here, the more we realised actually it was going to make my office closed off and my very generous wife offered for me to build the audio booth in the garage. So we are now going to do that, which, and it's generous because the, the audio, the garage, sorry, is hers. That's her playground, if you like. So she didn't have to do that. And uh, I'm very grateful because it will, it means I can have like a reading chair in my office, which is fun um, and somewhere to sit and, and read. So yeah, I'm very grateful and I think hopefully we will be working on building that audio booth this weekend. Okay, listener rebel of the week this week is Kari Busiak. Busiak? I hope I... Kari Busiak, I think is, is how you pronounce that. And I apologise if I butchered your name. So Kari says, I'm a woman and identify as female. Back in the mid 80s, when I was entering junior high school, a pair of elective classes that we could choose from were home economics or industrial arts. The latter of which being things like woodworking, working in the uh, like design and tech workshop, essentially. 
Kari already knew how to bake, sew and knit, so she figured the home economics class would be boring and instead chose shop, where she could learn woodworking, sheet metal bending and other new things. Little did she know the shitstorm this would cause. A girl takes shop class? No, no, no. Girls take home economics, boys take shop. Why on earth would a girl choose shop? She tried to explain her side but was met with a lot of suspicion. She had to prove her claims before they would even consider her request, resulting in her having to bring in a note from home from her mother, giving her parental consent, no less, uh, and also obviously confirming that she could already cook. She also had to bring in samples, this is, oh my god, she also had to bring in samples of sewing and knitting and then answer questions from the home economics teacher about the pieces she'd brought in to prove that she had actually made them. I literally have simmering rage already. Oh, I then had to, sorry, she then had to bring her girl guide slash pathfinder sash showing badges and a note from her guide leader that I had earned the badges and again, proving I already had these skills. Finally, the teachers from home economics and shop met with the principal to discuss my fate, eventually agreeing that I had proven my home economics knowledge and was allowed to join up uh, uh, shop class, uh, the first girl in her school to ever take, take the class. I, I literally, I'm basically speechless. It's fucking disgusting that even as recently as the 80s, there would be that much sexism, blatant sexism. I, I, like, what? So, uh, <laughs> I'm so cross. I can't even, I cannot even talk. I'm raging so deeply. I, I literally want to burn and break things right now. How fucking dare they? Who do they think they are? Like, who gives a shit whether you learn home economics or, or shop? And as if, just because you have a fucking vagina, that means you're not allowed to bend metal. Fuck them. Fuck the system. I am so, so glad that you rebelled. And actually, vice versa. What if a boy wanted to learn how to cook? Like, there are loads of male chefs in the world. You don't, like, oh, ugh, I hate shit like this. And, um... I absolutely love that you rebelled and in the face of them, you know, trying to force you through so many bureaucratic loopholes, you persisted until they gave in and allowed you to take it. So all power to you. Oh, I need a minute to come <laughs> before I can do the rest of this podcast. Uh, if you would like to be a rebel of the week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, big, small, or somewhere in between, and even a rebellion that makes me rage. You can email your rebel story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. A big thank you to two new patrons this week, Jessica Samuels and Jackie Ruta. Thank you both so much for joining and supporting the podcast. I really do appreciate both of your support and the support from all of my current patrons who genuinely help to keep the podcast running. And as I always say, you really do make me feel like what I do is worthwhile, it's helpful, and um, that you enjoy the content that I'm producing. If you would like to support the show and get early access to the episodes, then you can do so from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. And remember, that's Sasha with a C and not an S. 
Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today I am joined by Steve Brown. Steve has a passion for inspiring and empowering the entrepreneurs who power the American economy. He is the founder of ROI Online, a HubSpot Platinum Agency partner and the first story brand certified agency. Steve and his team at ROI Online have worked with hundreds of clients from solo entrepreneurs to Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies to grow their business by implementing a holistic business growth system. As an entrepreneur himself, Steve knows what business leaders face today as they fight to grow their businesses. And now he wants to share what he's learned to help these hardworking heroes conquer their struggles, conquer the struggles that are holding them back. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me, Sasha. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And thank you to our mutual friend. Uh, it was Christina, wasn't it, that hooked yes. us up? Yeah, yes. thank you to uh, Christina, who oh, I think she was back in episode four possibly something like that anyway christina stanley who's a fictionary a ceo so yeah if you're listening thank you very much for um another amazing introduction so i'm really excited to speak to you today because you are although you are an author you're not necessarily in um the indie author sphere as your main uh role your main business so i am super excited because i'm really keen to bring lessons from other industries into to our industry because I think that you reach a certain level with your writing and your business and then you have to look elsewhere to keep learning so yeah thank you very much yeah. for joining us I'm, I'm excited to be here and I've been um, reading your book and so there's a lot of good stuff you have going on so I'm kind of proud to be associated with you yeah, and thank you because I've been listening to your um, audiobook this morning and your dulcet tones, which are very lovely. <laughs> um, okay, so tell everyone a little bit more about you and your journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I started on this journey where I was, you, we go through life and we try to figure out where we are supposed to fit and be in our best place but life happens you have to pay bills and so my journey led me through different jobs where I was put into a sales position mostly but I realized over time I saw things changing and where online was where things were starting to be but a lot of uh, businesses are laggards they don't adopt new technology or they don't rush into these new things right away and I was the one that would lead those initiatives and I just learned that from experience that the people that approach you and your business online, they're, they're more, they, if you have three people approach you from online, you're going to close a higher percentage of those as opposed to those that you go and interrupt who didn't know you before. And that started me on this journey of helping businesses get their act together online. And that's why I eventually started ROI online is because I realized that business owners have an expectation. That's this investment, this nebulous investment of putting up a website and some stuff needs to help them grow the value of the business somehow. And so that's, that's where um, I am now. I help a lot of uh, business owners do that. 
And you have written a book called The Golden Toilet, which I yeah. thought was an absolutely hilarious title. And you actually have a golden toilet on the cover, which was even more brilliant. Um, <laughs> but can you, can you tell everyone where the name comes from and the concept uh, behind it? So if, if you're going to help people with marketing and branding, obviously you need to walk the walk. And there's no there's no image more iconic and absurd than a golden toilet. And yet it represents what the fear of every business owner has. And that's wasting money on something that doesn't improve the functionality or user experience, so to speak. So imagine that the people that do have golden toilets, those are rock stars or, or drug lords or Saudi Kings or, or whatever, but it's not what a business owner would, would spend their money on and yet they have dumped all this money into all these efforts of trying to set up a website trying to somehow construct a system that actually is a useful business process and they feel embarrassed about it but yet it's there for everyone to see and so by calling it the golden toilet I was helping them see that if you bought a house it would have to have a toilet if you have an office, it has to have a toilet. But when people come over, where do you hang out? You hang out in the kitchen, on the patio, by the pool, not by the toilet. And yet as a business owner, our focus gets on that website. And it's just the wrong focus and the wrong emphasis. Mm. And um, yeah, I... So... <laughs> I completely came at this as well wrong, thinking, oh, you know, this is about SEO and it's about, but it's not. And you, you, you kind of specifically say that this is not about SEO and you can more or less forget the SEO. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not completely, completely forget it, but it's a wrong focus on the wrong thing. Do you mm -hmm. think um, that's the case for authors as well? Do you think they are generally focusing on the wrong things? Well, exactly. Imagine if you were to write a book and you're thinking, I want to sell a lot of these books. So you go and Google a bunch of keywords and then you scheme to somehow weave all of those words into the manuscript, then the book wouldn't flow. It would feel off. It would be a flop. And yet that's what most business people do with their website. They design for robots. They're designing to please Google, but I'm sorry to say this, but Google doesn't give a shit about you. And we chase Google around like paparazzi wanting an autograph, but Google doesn't care. And yet, if you design something that was a great experience for the humans, humans come and they want your solution. They want your book. They want to connect with you somehow and if you would put the effort and concentration and focus on designing what I call HEO as opposed to SEO search engine optimization HEO is human experience optimization and that's everything that you teach in your book is how to connect with the human's brain our brains desire communication in a, a particular format and if you honor the rules of that you have a great book. Yeah. Well, the same concept applies in when you set up your online experience or an in-person experience. There are certain rules that if you can pay attention to, it's a big competitive advantage. And surprise, you just design for humans. Forget the robots. 
robots bad, humans good. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so we've talked about how SEO is bad. What other mistakes do authors or business owners make with their with their websites? So I'm reading. I'm. You sent me your book on the villain, the twelve, the thirteen steps to evil, right? On how to design a great. Here's the thing. You can't have a great hero unless you have a good villain, a great villain, right? And in, when we go and we're, our brains, we have, I have, it's what I call the bodyguard. We have a brain stem. It's like this, the piece of the brain that we share with rabbits or lizards or whatever. It's lobsters. It's the same part of the brain and it's designed to keep us safe, and it doesn't process language. And so it's the bodyguard is what I call it. But when we consume information, when we walk in a room, when we meet someone, that bodyguard is observing and pinging us and saying either you're okay, you can spend more time here, you're safe, or it's like, no, we need to go. The, the, something's not right here. And so when you design your content for your, your brochures, your book covers, your, your websites or whatever, you need to honor the rules of story. And the, to ping that bodyguard, you have to position the people that are consuming your stuff as the hero. And the villain is the solution they're looking for a solution to a problem. And so you need to align what problem you help them solve as the guide, but you need to position the content where it relates with them, where they go, oh, they, I feel safe here. I feel understood. I trust that this solution would work for me. And it's just a matter of designing the experience, be the creative or the, the writing to to um, confirm that to that part of the brain. Okay, so I, I'm trying to split this in my mind between fiction and nonfiction authors. Yeah. So I think it's obvious there for nonfiction authors that they just like with their books, you focus on the problem as the marketing um, gimmick to you know, think of another better word, but you know, the marketing gimmick and your book as the solution. Um, and, and so you would design your website in a very similar way, but for fiction authors, I'm wondering what goes in the whole of the problem. I'm wondering if it's perhaps the emotion or the theme of their book or the trope or the, you know, the feeling that you want when you go. So right now I know, I just finished a book and I'm really looking for like a guilty pleasure read. I don't really care on, on the genre. It could be one of say four or five genres that I'm thinking of, but it's that guilty pleasure feeling that I'm looking for. So I'm wondering if, if that is how you would then relate that to fiction websites for fiction authors. Is that, am I along the right lines or? Yeah. So first of all, your book is an emotion evoking machine. All right. And so you said, I want, I want this guilty read because you want, you want to exercise a release. You want to just relax and, and get taken along on this journey. But even a fiction book author is still a business person. And then that's what they are first, their business. And why did they even write the book? They want other people to read it. They would like it for it to sell. 
they would like for other people to find it. So there's this is still in play and it's universal no matter what. So you would position your book as you wrote your book to appeal to a particular audience. Well, that's your heroes. And so your website would would totally relate to those folks that like that genre or that style of writing. So immediately you're going to be able to take all your strength that you had in the in your book, but you're now you're going to look at your website as going, all right, I, I need to relate with them. And so the guilty pleasure, this book is a great book when you want a guilty pleasure. If you've been studying for your midterms and now you just want to let your mind relax and have have a nice little vacation then this book would scratch that itch but that's that's understanding your audience i mean you're you know you talk you have the same thing you're designing your book to appeal to a persona someone in some area that would really appreciate and get into it well your your communication on all your materials promoting that would would honor that same exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. So I'm thinking I've sort of swung back to my nonfiction and I, I don't think I've ever, I think I do it subconsciously, but I've never really thought about consciously about the fact that I write to a persona, which I absolutely do, because I can mm-hmm. tell you that my readers are readers with a sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. probably sarcastic, a little bit rebellious in, in you know, they might have um, an, a quirky sense of style or might be interested in unusual things that perhaps more can, basically, I am not writing for conservative people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. who don't like swearing, who, who um, you know, probably is stiff upper lip and not really um, able to take uh, dick jokes and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so I suppose my, I hope my website reflects that, but perhaps not. So I will go and look at it after this to see how I can reflect that better. Absolutely. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm interrupting you because your books represent this beautiful higher thinking across you so you have a unique branding style guide across all of your covers it's immediately recognizable that they belong together without even reading the titles and then then you start to read the titles and that confirms that part but when you open up your book you'd you'd stop and make a stand you draw a line in the sand and you say here's four things you need to consider that if you don't like these, you're not going to enjoy this book and you outline them beautifully. Well, what you're saying is this book is perfect for this persona and you do it in a great way. Well, you would apply that same exercise on all of your materials that introduces your book. And that way, so what you're doing, there's a book called Primal Branding by um, uh, Patrick Hanlon. And so he talks about there are seven pieces of primal code. And what you're doing is you're declaring who would fit in your tribe. Okay. And so back when we were just tribal beings, we were were going through the forest looking for berries or whatever. And we ran into another tribe. Well, we would know immediately by the way they're dressed or what, what, you know, things they had, if they had a bones through their nose or whatever, that's designed to go, oh, I'm safe. 
these guys we do commerce with, or you better run because we're going to be on the menu tonight. It, you immediately know. Well, that's in play anytime that we're interacting with each other, whether it's on online, in a book, marketing, and email. That's all going on in our head. And so the more obvious you are and the more you honor those, then the more your audience really adores you and gets closer or you repel the ones that would sit and complain and not appreciate it. Yeah, and it's so funny because this all makes so much sense and I definitely do these things innately for the nonfiction, but actually I've never thought really to apply those to the fiction and why the hell wouldn't I? You know, right. you, yeah, like I, I, I'm having a bit of an epiphany here because I'm like, okay, so I've done a few um, like lines at the end of my blurbs to say, oh, if you liked this, you might like that. But actually, why the hell wouldn't I say, well, if you don't like this or don't like that, you're not good. You know, it's exactly mm -hmm. the same principles. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting. And I hope um, that people listening are also having um, epiphanies and, and are also also feeling empowered to actually um, go and you know overtly try and both attract the readers that you want and repel the readers that you don't want. Totally. Um, yeah, amazing. I love this. I love this so much. Um, I'm going to go back and write notes when I re-listen and edit this. Um, okay, so you also focus on customer journey and ensuring that a business website focuses, as you've already said, on the HEO mm -hmm. um, rather than the SEO. So yeah. can you talk about what things um, an author or a business person should do or, or put on their websites or what systems should they put in place so that their readers and customers have the best customer journey? Yeah, totally. So when you think about, so first of all, a nonfiction book, when you think about why you decided to write a book for this thing, this conversation was going on in your, in your head and, well, I've noticed that people just don't write very good villains. They, and there's a way to write good villains. So you had this conversation and you decided, I'm going to write that book. It, it needs to happen. And but if you backed up and looked at, okay, but I also need to do that for my hero or protagonist or, so I'm gonna have a series of these. So let's set this up where each one's gonna complement or promote the other. And then, but how are people gonna find out about it? So let's do this, I need a website. So I'm going to have a way if I have a website, how can I like start to build my audience? Well, I'm going to do some social media posts. So what's going on there is you're starting to think how to be strategic. A lot of us start off and just tactical. I need to do some social media posts. So you do a post and it's, you take a picture of your dog sitting by you while you're writing. That's nice. And we're, it's kind of branding and it, it connects us with you personally, but what's what do we want people to do what we would love to do is like people to go check you out sign up for something to stay up to date on what's going on you're growing an email list and then you're you're communicating via that email so what that would mean you would need to think of your website differently and we call that a strategic campaign and there's a way just like the rules the 13 steps to evil, there's basically like so many steps to design a strategic campaign. And so you would have a landing page 
with something of offer, a, a free chapter, for example. But what do we really want to happen? I want to get your email. Why? Well, I want to develop a relationship with you and introduce you to my other stuff. If you like this, you're going to like the others. How many times have you heard people go, oh, I didn't know you had other books. Isn't that disappointing for you? Well, that's, that's how you can not disappoint them. It's like you set up a landing page, which is an additional page on your website, but it's all about your 13 steps landing page. And then you're going to have your 10 steps to the hero landing page. So that when people click on a, a social media post that you were talking about, maybe it, you won an award or something, then they'll click on that, go to that landing page. Oh, I can get a free chapter and sign up. But while they're there on your website, they'll walk around and check out the rest of your shop, so to speak. Oh, she does 10 steps to a hero. That's cool. And, and download that. Well, now they're in your system and you can follow up with them. And that's a strategic way to go about growing your fan base. Or that's a strategic way to not fail your fan base. Mm. So the, the publisher in me is now thinking about, um, you know, this is, a, this, is, this is about connectivity and connecting all of your products to um, each other. So for example, um, I'm just trying to think about how I can. So for example, in my reader magnet, which is, um, I suppose, what we call the freebie that you give to mm -hmm. get people to sign up to your website, it's about ensuring that you have not just the book that they've most likely brought at the back of the reader magnet, but also saying, you know, I also have this book and this book. And then I suppose cross promoting in the backs of your other books. So, oh, if you enjoyed this, please leave it a And did you know I have this book as well? And, and, um, yeah, and the thing that I think, so I do those things, but what I definitely have not done is on my book, individual book pages on my website, they're just about those books. So there is no connectivity across those. So mm -hmm. I'm going to write myself a little note. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I've looked at your stuff and you have a natural, you're a natural business person. And so you're like, 90% of the way, there's just little details that you could tighten up, but there's the, your branding, your messaging, your complimentary themes. You've got a lot going on. You could almost write the thir 13 steps to how to promote a series. <laughs> I love marketing and strategy. And I, uh, yeah, I feel very fortunate that I like the business side of this um, what, that that is why I'm an MD, and and I you know I haven't pursued uh, traditional publishing yet. It's just because I love business as much as I love writing and and um, creating you know dragons and whatever. Um, but yeah, okay. Ah, oh, I'm just I'm yeah loving this conversation. Um, I'm loving it so much. I don't even know what I was supposed to ask next. Um, <laughs> my audience. Well, sorry, go ahead. Well, I want to I want to point something out. So let's, let's think about your journey, okay? You just didn't pop out of school and go, all right, I need to write these books on how to write better books. You did a, a stint where you wrote and learned, earned your chops, learned your observations, started to figure out what, where you were strong. But then, then in your journey, you go, okay, I, 
I'm a good writer. And so this is the common people who start a coffee shop and they, they make it through the hard parts and they're like, I'm good at running coffee shops and they might open another one. But where you and many professionals go is like, now I need to take the unique perspective I have in my head and I need to share it. That would be a higher purpose that I want to really uh, bring to my community, the hero's journey. You're coming back after that journey with the gold and you decide now I want to share. And that's what you did. So you started writing nonfiction books about how to write better fiction books. Well, that's when you transition from a, a fiction writer to a business person. Okay. And so you have a lot of folks that are writing books, fiction books or whatever, but they're still, they really are. Number one, they're a business person. They just haven't changed their self identity to that yet. That they're a really good business person. That's good at writing fiction. Well, that's when you start to change and be more strategic about how you bring that to the world. This is so interesting, uh, especially because, uh, do you have an animal behind you? Sorry. Yes, that's Fern. <laughs> so that's the smartest dog in marketing right there. She sits and listens to all these conversations. She's the smartest dog in marketing. I love it. Um, sorry, I was yeah, momentarily distracted. Um, yeah, so this is, this is so interesting because... I was just this morning having a conversation with a, sort of a mastermind group that I have about, um, so I, I track my word count and um, I, for some reason, I got onto a half yearly, no, the mid-year calendar. So 30th of June was the end of my annual word counting year. And it was about a third of the words that I would normally get in a year. So I was really pissed. Like I was furious yesterday. And I was like, why is this? And they were like, yeah, but you started a podcast and you're halfway through developing a course and you have been speaking and running conferences and all of these other things. And I was like, but the only thing I see in my head as an achievement is words. H have I got words on the table? And I think that there's this dissonance between the original me who was just a writer and the new me who is a writer and a businesswoman and and a podcaster and a this and a that and the other and they were saying oh you know perhaps you have to set goals of which things that you can then achieve on the business side as well so that you're not just seeing not not feeling like a failure at the end of the year just because you haven't gotten any words when you've done all of these other things so i think that's really interesting and obviously i am on my own journey hero's journey if we're going to talk about um is it joseph campbell i think yes yeah yeah, yes. yeah um if we're going to talk about the hero's journey i must be yeah, facing some kind of transition mentally to bridge that dissonance that I'm feeling. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, I have got so much to think about when I leave this podcast. Right. Um, okay, so going back to websites or, or not websites or, you know, the, the, this uh, thought around customer journey, my audience, obviously, as we've said, is primarily authors. So what do you think are the most important elements for authors to have on their websites or their landing pages? Well, first of all, don't see a website. See 
a system. You're built. You're building out an asset. So if you if you if we didn't have the internet, you would have a shop somewhere where people would come in and learn about your books. And so you would set up a way. It'd be obvious when you're open where to go, where to transact. There's the till. Here's where you can sit and read. You would you would have this experience, if you will. So first of all, don't just see a website. See this as a complementary system to help you be a better business person and to help better serve your clients. And so what does that mean? That means that when people show up, it needs to really demonstrate your personality and your feel. And so they immediately need to, you know, in my book, I talk about, you're familiar with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're zipping around the universe and Star Trek, and then there's this emergency signal, and we got to bring the Enterprise to a stop. And then you don't get in a ship and travel down, you beam down. Well, when we land on a website, that's what's happening. We're beaming down. And what do they do? And start, they, first, they get their stun guns or their, their phasers, and then you're going to put it on stun or kill. Well, that's going on. Our bodyguard's going, are we in the right place? Is this what I was expecting? And you've been there. You've gone to a website and you got this. I can't find anything I want. And you leave ruthlessly. You just leave. So make sure that what they're expecting is there. It needs to be clear that you're the author, but that you have the stuff that they're looking for, the, the book or how to transact or maybe where to, to follow you or maybe you're speaking somewhere. Maybe they want to show up and, and uh, listen to you read. Maybe they want to know if you're teaching a course on how to write better. I don't know what it is, but they want more than just to read your book. They want to get to know you. And so having a way for them to sign up for something or to reach out and connect with you or, or maybe they don't know you have a podcast. They'd love to just listen to you. And who knows why they're connected other than they want to stalk you or get your autograph. There's, you can build relationships that are very fruitful. And so think of it that way. If, if they were to meet you at a trade show, what would you do? You would, you'd have a way for them to kind of get to know you. Here's a sample. I don't, you, maybe you're signing books. That's the way you need to think of your online presence is an extension of that experience of being a fan or supporting you or promoting you. Mm. Okay. So much to think about, and even little tweaks around menu titles and things, just simplifying things right down. I'm, I've got all sorts of ideas rolling around my head. I, uh, I've been, <laughs> I was meant to finish my website refresh in quarter one, I think, and um, I got through like half of the, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of blogs and posts and pages, and I got through maybe a third of them and was just like, oh, there's too, there's too much. And I've just not really, you know, you know, finished it. And I'm, I don't even have direct sales on my website, which is horrific as a, a business person. But I, I, am, I am in the process. It's on my Q3 goals this, this quarter. It's going to happen. But um, yeah, it's even the stuff that I've already done. It's making me rethink 
like some of the some of the strategy. But I want to connect something. So your book covers are just perfect. Okay. The thinking that went into that book cover is the same thinking that should go on to your main web page. And so why, what do we do with the book cover? Immediately you want to convey what's in this book and what am I going to get? But there's an aesthetic to it that's appealing and very well thought out. That same exercise should be going on at least on that main web page. Now, other pages can be a little more specific and a little, get a little more into the details and the weeds. If they're coming, if they clicked on a social media post about, about one of the workshops that you're promoting, okay? Well, they would expect when they get there, you're going to have dates and some details or whatever. But that main web page, when you started to work on your first book cover, Remember all that you had too many words, you had too much going on, you had to like really get succinct and, and just polish it down. That was, a, that was a very tough exercise. Well, that's what you need to be thinking when you're designing your web page as well or certain product pages. Mm. Very little detail, super succinct, very clear. That's what I'm looking for. No, I don't want that. Mm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I, I think I will be thinking much more about the individual web pages. I'm just in my head. I'm about six weeks down the line when I launch my courses. Um, cause I've got, uh, with my latest book, the anatomy of prose, I'm doing a digital course, like companion course to go with it. Um, and I'm, yeah, thinking about or preventing, no, I'm now mentally preventing myself from putting too much information all on in one like sales page anyway, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, bites, little bites. Mm -hmm. So I love that everyone's familiar with, uh, the song shows with Simon Cowell, where you, we get to see all these journeys of these people. So some people show up without any practice and it's embarrassing and humiliating, right? And then some people show up and they're really prepared. And so what did they do? They got the attention of the judges and then they got invited to the next audition. Well, that's what's going on with your brain. So the announcement of your workshop or your, 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 um, your next class, okay? So the first announcement needs to just be, hey, just that first little audition. We just need a little bit of nibble and people to read it. When you look at all the emails you get every day, here's what you do. You look through, you open them up, and if they're real long, you go, oh my gosh, I'll read this later. Or you'll look at the title of the email and you go, delete. I don't need to waste time on that. And then you get these little emails that are just a sentence or two and you'll read it. It's because your brain is going, do I want to invest the calories in spending some time on this? Oh, look, it's a little nibble. It's enough to know. Then I can make a decision. To make a decision takes energy. So make it low energy for these people. So first email, little nibble. Second email, a follow-up. 
in the in that first email with what a story hook second email a little bit more and people can slowly walk into the audition and you get to win the next audition the next audition that's that's how you would look at those yeah and i love that as well about um the story hook and the email system and that is so the case for um fiction authors as well not just non-fiction authors but um e email is and and this um orna ross who's the director of the alliance of independent authors said this the other day and it just utterly fractured my mind but she was like emails are the closest similar similar relationship um that an author has with a reader um as the book because it is your words printed and the reader and an email are your words <laughs> printed and the reader so it's right. the closest relationship and so um yeah it's really i'm about to read you all my auto responders as well for, the, for those people who don't know what those are they are a series of emails um that you send when you want to onboard somebody into your um, author ecosystem so somebody will give you their email address and you'll send a preset number of emails that are pre-written and just go automatically to them and in my fiction ones um i do do that i do do a story i hook them in with a story about um where the character where the book came from and you know it starts with a controversial statement and but it that's what brings people through and but i don't think i'm doing that which is ridiculous with my with my fiction uh, well, my non-fiction sorry I, I am a little bit but in a in a very different way and i just think that i'm going to go away and tweak that now as well which is um super fun yeah. i'm excited i'm pumped to go away from this podcast and go and do all of the things oh, um okay any final words of wisdom strategies or principles that business owners and authors should think about um when doing these refreshes yeah so it's a plug for my book obviously but i wrote my book for this reason is that we've been told we need websites we need to do social media we need to run ads we need to do some emails but where do we start what's the priority and if if there is a system on how to write a book it would make sense there's a system on how to go about building out your online business asset that's complementary to what you're wanting to accomplish and so my book walks you through that and helps you see a framework on what's the priority. Number one is clear messaging. We connect so much with authors and it's because the messaging part is a natural understanding. And generally a, an author is a progressive thinking person. They have, the, you have the guts to just put something out there and let people say whatever they say. And that's, that's courage. But there's a process whereby you would set up your online presence to be complementary to this investment and this courage that you took. So the Golden Toilet has that process. We call it the growth stack. You want to build a, a stack of concepts and technology and strategy. You have a talent stack that's brought you to where you are, Sasha. Well, you would have a growth stack. It's a business. It's a stack of concept, insight, strategy, and some technology 
that's complementary and actually grows the value instead of just being an expense. And I, we need to do the website. I hate this. I need to just get this task over with and get on with life. There's a way to go about this. That's actually complementary and empowering. And it's a big competitive advantage. And every author that you compete against is struggling with that same villain. This is a way to make it around that villain. Um, <laughs> lovely. Sorry about uh, the background noise. I'll make sure I snip that out. Um, okay. So this is the Rebel Author Podcast. Uh, so tell me about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Um, you know, writing this book was one of those times where I you wrestle in your head whether you have the authority to write a book or not, especially about your industry and to go and, and do it and then do it in a way that you're going to talk about a toilet on a book. Who, who's got a title with a toilet in a book about how to run your business better? Well, that's when I had to just kind of lean into that. There, there was this conversation going, well, Steve, who's going to take you serious and like well you just need to own it because you have to reframe the way people look at this and it's hugely iconic when there's a way to take an image and convey so much in just an image instead of saying it but you need to have the courage to do that so i would say naming my book the golden toilet Instead of trying to be like, I'm Mr. Business Guy and I'm conservative, I'm going to write another boring book about marketing. I didn't want to do that. So, I love it. Tell everyone where they can find out more about you, your book, your services, and your business. Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Steve Brown. This, now, here's the thing. Sasha Black's a little bit more unique and memorable, but Steve Brown... There's like, I don't know, thousands of Steve Brown. So it's Steve Brown, ROI, online, on LinkedIn. Thegoldentoilet.com. Surprise that I would have a website, thegoldentoilet.com. That's where you can learn about my book. Of course, it's on Amazon, Audible, Kindle. And then our website for our agency. If you're an author and you're wanting to get your act together online, we have a way to do it. We either have a course that we can teach you. We call it the Quick Start Academy for Authors. And it's how to get your act together in just a semester. And we'll walk through a master class. We'll coach you, grade you, and encourage you. Or you can hire us to just do it. And that's called the Quick Start. But it's roionline.com is our agency where you can learn more about that. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I loved thank, it. <laughs> thank you to, to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. Thank you also to everybody listening. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Steve Brown, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. 
Next week, I'm joined by Dr. Alex Bryant. It is a fascinating conversation all about psychology, about what madness and sanity really look like, and villainy and extremism and intolerance, and a uh, yeah, and a look at how psychology can help you to create better characters. So join me then. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review. Oh,